Dr. Jacqueline Duget. Welcome to What is Black podcast that focuses on issues important to raising healthy and thriving Black children and adolescents. As a pediatrician and mom of color, I saw the need to create an additional educational platform to reach parents raising kids of color to address issues and challenges that are not always discussed in the pediatrician's office. Thank you for joining us for this week's conversation. My special guest today, Dr. Omolara Thomas Uwadimo. She's a pediatrician, an associate professor, research, and advocate who has spent her career dedicated to two truths. All children have the right to be healthy, and healthy kids begin with supported moms and families. You created, you know, platforms outside of the pediatric office, right, to sort of meet the needs of parents that we typically can't meet in the 15-minute appointment. And so I just wanted to... um, to, to delve into that a little bit more and especially kind of focus on, um, one, your Omolara Health Solutions as well as your Supermom Rehab Podcast. So I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about both of those um, projects that you have and why they were important for you to create. Yeah, well, it's so funny because if you asked me uh, last year, <laughs> so even as early as last year would I be doing this, I would have said, of course not. In this time period right now, we have really, it's, it's been more in our face about what are some of the inequities that exist, and particularly, I think, for us as pediatricians within healthcare. And I think we've known for a long time that families of color experience bias in healthcare. And I know that during that 15 minutes that I'm allotted to see parents, it was never enough. I was always the person who was going over. And I know also as a pediatrician, I've heard countless stories of moms that don't feel listened to and feel very guarded about who they can disclose their real inner thoughts or concerns. Because honestly, for many of them experiencing emotion, our feelings are so often like pathologized, right, as anger or hostility or incompetence. And so I know that Black women aren't monolithic, but I think that one of the most important things of creating this was I found that black moms and other moms of color have to work harder and do it all just to be seen and heard. And I felt like there was this overcompensation that we feel because of it. And so when we've grown up just doing that all our lives, it's natural for it to just enter into motherhood and it manifests as a super mom. That's what I think was the idea. And I felt that specifically when I became a mom seven years ago, I really now understood what moms of color I had been treating (laughs) were experiencing and how damaging it was for me. To be very honest, it was about a few months ago, over the course of a week, I actually was not able to walk. It's a week I stopped being able to walk and had to be hospitalized. And I was on medical leave and I had a wake up call when I realized that while I was in the hospital, my work had to be delegated to five people. So My issue wasn't caused by stress, but definitely it was exacerbated by it. So I literally had to make a drastic change um, from being a super mom. I was trying to do it all, not asking for help. You know how this is, staying silent when I'm struggling. And I didn't want other women to have experience a life-altering health crisis before they figured out how damaging being a super mom is. So the podcast has really allowed for me to see kind of that common theme between moms of color in this issue and how it's actually perpetuated by 
the ways we were raised and and learning. I think that's been the most important part, even being on this podcast today, just learning from other amazing women how we can stop that cycle. I think those the, those were the driving factors for me. Well, and I'm so happy to hear that you're fully recovered and you, you know, you were able to, to learn something, you know, through, from, from that some experience that you had. Have you thought about the impact of challenging that, that historical legacy of being a super mom? Because I've, I've been thinking about it lately, you know, I've been thinking about how not so much as a mom per se, but, you know, as a, woman, as a black woman, woman of color, and, you know, we're both high achievers, right? So we're, we're both um, physicians. And the thought that, you know, you have to work twice as hard, right, you know, and how breaking through that, that, secret, that secret sauce, so to speak, right, that's, that's sort of been like, I think, in our veins that that's how you get and achieve is to, by working harder and, and, and harder than anyone else. I'm just wondering, have you thought about once you sort of break that myth, what, what that uncovers? And yeah, sort of, you know, kind of address that. Yeah, well, I've thought about it a lot. I think, you know, one of the things about that mantra of working harder, I felt like even if I've worked harder, I haven't. It hasn't allowed for me to be more seen or to rise all the way to the upper echelons of whatever organization. And I believe that for the majority of women, it's the women who are actually vulnerable and stay true to who they are who may develop a voice outside of that lane that actually kind of moves the needle, right? So I think about people who had to, who tried to work harder within a system. You're realizing there was this structural racism and glass ceiling and literally said, okay, I'm going to move out of that. I'm not going to work hard and try to do it that way. I'm going to be myself and really let go and be vulnerable and we started moving into, you know, into amazing areas. And so I think about it like that. I think the more vulnerability or the more ability for us to not think about code switching, but to think about actually being our true self within each present, present um, within each area that we, we exist, allows for people to realize that we're going to be seen and it doesn't give people much of a choice to actually ignore, ignore us. And so I think that's one of the things and one of the messages that I've been trying to think about how, being, how motherhood actually, for me, has been that, that driving force. Being a mother has really pushed me to a point where I, I was like, okay, I have to be more confident. I can't sit in, I can't really sit in the areas that I was and just work hard and hope someone notices me. So I think, you know, for a lot of women, motherhood kind of set, kind of is that fork in the road and it's you choosing which way you want to go. I think that's, um, I think that's amazing the way, the way you kind of put it, it kind of broke it down like that. I'm wondering, you know, as you, as you're working and I think we'll get to this as well. Um, some of the, some of the coaching that you do for moms. And I'm just wondering if that process of, you know, kind of like relearning who you are or getting to know yourself as this new mom, this new woman, if that's part of that process of taking off that cape, and like you said, and, and embracing that vulnerability. It totally is. So I have a framework that really guides everything that I do, and it's being brave, being bold, and being a boss. And so being brave is about really taking it off, being vulnerable, finding what your flaws are, finding what your strengths are, and actually 
moving into that and identifying who your team is, right? The people who are going to support you in that vulnerable space, you know, but then it's being bold and really trying to say, okay, I'm not confident. Why am I not confident? Is it, are, is it these skills that I need or these in, in negotiation with my work life or is it with my relationship? And building those skills and figuring out what resources do I need? Is it financial planning? And identifying that rather than just moving through life, acting like it doesn't, it doesn't exist and, and staying, you know, sheltered because you're not sure how to do things. And I think being a boss is really about the fact of a lot of times moms say they're the CEO of their household, but I've never seen any CEO doing every single thing in, in their company. Usually they're delegating. And so I think it's about having that vision, know, knowing that you're not the woman you were after motherhood, but knowing that I am a new woman, possibly a better woman, and trying to figure out what's the vision for me, the 2.0, and helping people get to that, right? So I think those are the, those are the pieces, and it definitely aligns with what you were talking about of trying to use that um, change in terms of that, that transition into motherhood as a way to, to um, you know, unpack all of these different layers. How, are, how is being a super mom connected to the health and well-being of, of, a, of a woman and, and her family? Oh, it's so connected. So I think for, I think the easiest connection from a health standpoint is um, mental health. So for moms, it can be taxing, really taxing mentally. There's a sense of never feeling like you've done enough. And ultimately, it is a sense of also these under, underpinnings of imposter syndrome, which is kind of societally placed on us um, to feel like we don't deserve where we are and feeling like you're overcompensating to, to make sure people know, I, I actually belong there. And so that causes a certain anxiety. If you're not fulfilled, it can cause some depression if you feel like you haven't um, made it, quote unquote. But I think the most common thing is burnout from a, from a health standpoint. Um, with me, and I don't know, many, many of my guests on my podcast have talked about kind of this generational tradition that they've had where they're working themselves till they hit the ground and they've seen their moms do it and their grandmothers do it. And, I, and there was an interesting post that I had on Instagram, which was about that um, black women aren't strong because they had to be, because it was because no one was strong for them. And so I think that we need to think about how can we, we're a communal people, like that's, black people are communal, that's, that's where our origins, and how do we rely, and how do we work on those sister circles and really connect with each other. So I think that's the biggest, well, it's one of the biggest things, but I think the second impact is not just moms, but moms, the, the most precious gift that they have are their kids, right? And what we don't discuss as much is the impact on our kids. When we show our kids that there can never be a break or time to relax or showing that you're human enough to get stressed, right? My kids know when I'm stressed because I tell them, I'm stressed out. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to be there. <laughs> And no one's going to come in there. I'm locking the door. But I think what happens with that, it makes, if that doesn't happen, it makes children have unrealistic ideals to what they have to become. Well, this was my mom, and she never was stressed out, and she never um, had, took a break. 
Um, and it can promote a lot of anxiety in kids. So in addition, I think the other piece is that a lot of times super moms are just afraid or um, uncomfortable with showing emotion and being vulnerable. And with their kids, that's a problem because now, now we're not teaching our kids that real milestone of how to be vulnerable and share what they're going through. It doesn't come out through words. It can come out through other maladaptive ways like aggression or grief or other health or other health problems. I'm definitely taking this all in. You know, your, your kids are, your kids are younger. Mine are, mine are old. I'm saying I'm an old mom now. Okay. <laughs> no, no. It's like I'm not, I'm an older mom, right? So I have, yes. I have teenagers, but, but I think that's, but I think, I, you know, had I had your podcast younger, you know, when I was a, you know, early, early momhood, I think, you know, I would, have, I would definitely have been an avid listener. I'm an avid listener now, even with older kids. Because I think it's true, right? And I can, I can check off those boxes without even realizing it. My kids know when I'm stressed. They know when, yes. you know, I don't have it together. So, like, I have, there's, like, no illusion of grandeur. And my household, my family knows when it's, like, you know, I don't come home as Dr. Mom, right? I come home as, is mom, is mom in a good mood today or did she have a good day at work? <laughs> you know, I mean, just, just being, just being honest, but, but I think, but I think that's, I think that's why it's so important, right? Cause I think most of the times, like when you read like the magazines, like, yes, I love Essence magazine, right? I have a picture of Michelle Obama on the cover, you know, my, my dream board, my vision board. Yeah. But I think it's true. I think, you know, when we look at stories, it's kind of like, how can you be the perfect mom? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. But think about, I, I think about Michelle Obama again, and I think about the fact that she, like I said, she was so vulnerable for the fact, okay, I'm going to put all of this stuff that you didn't have to know, you would never have known in a book for everyone to read. I think that was so powerful, you know, and I think, and it makes, it makes me view her in an even more... <laughs> you know, amazing way for her to be able to do that and have that courage. That's a, that's a very good point. I'm glad there was a tie-in. I'm glad I had her on my, on my vision board. <laughs> was a, I mean, I think any, anytime you can like, you know, name drop on First Lotus, Michelle Obama, right? I think um, it's great. And I think I read today that she's coming out with a journal to accompany that book. Oh, whoa. Okay. Wow. So I was like, okay. This is very this 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 should be very interesting and hopefully one day I'll I'll wish her that you know she'll she'll participate in your, on your podcast so as well, so both so that's a nice segue into your podcast so if you can tell us a little bit about Supermom Rehab but I think I just wanted to take a step back as well Malara and actually if you could define what a Supermom is and then sort of kind of segue into how that then ties into the podcast and and the content um, the information that you share in your podcast. Yes. Yeah, so this is how I, the supermom, okay. And um, there, there are researchers who talk about the black super, superwoman syndrome, but I'm going to make my own definition. So, um, you know, all of the researchers, um, just so your disclaimer, but yeah, I think the, the credentials, so I think you're, I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've read, I have read the background just so people know about superwoman syndrome, specifically black superwoman syndrome, but that's a little bit different. And I feel like with motherhood, it's a mom who is extremely well-intentioned and really motivated, I feel, to do the best for her child, as most moms are. But I think 
I think there's a level of overcompensation and she's been trying to do everything for her child and will do that even to the detriment of herself. So it's kind of the self-sacrificing type of motherhood um, that goes to an extreme. So, and I, I think the, uh, the other piece of it is that a super mom also doesn't want to have that, wants that exterior to remain there, does not want anything to disrupt that exterior. And so for the podcast, you know, really the goal of it or the idea of it was around just trying to make sure that we have a way for a few things. So the podcast is so new, as, as you know, but I usually, the mantra I usually say is you see kids don't begin with super moms, they begin with super supporting moms. And so it's trying to break the myth a little bit about the fact that, you know, super moms are amazing and can, can you believe what she's doing? She's doing all of this work. Um, and a lot of times if we really lay it back, a lot of those moms who are doing that would not choose to do, to do all, of, all of the things that they're doing. And so what I've tried to focus on in the podcast is kind of what causes, the mom, what causes moms stress and trying to provide them with the information and resources to support them, right? So if we think about it, a lot of times super moms are doing things because they feel like that's what they have to do. And if they had other information resources that they could rely on, maybe that might help to ease the burden. Um, I think the other piece is trying to do some of that reflection and helping moms uncover what con- contributed to their super mom habits. So in some of my episodes, we a lot of the women have talked about um, doing some inner child work and really focusing in on your childhood and what contri- contributed to why you're acting this way and potentially that being, you know, using potentially our children to think about what was the impact on that? And so what is the impact that you don't want to make for your children in that way? Um, and I think the other piece of this is we've talked like about a lot of things. We've talked about stress management. We've talked about kind of um, other things that give moms stress, how their kids are doing in school. So how to advocate for your child in school. Or we talked about kind of the mental health problems that occur and how to prevent some of that. We, you, you just mentioned earlier that about the doula episode and talking about and getting moms on the same page to really know what does a doula do. And so now if I'm either headed into another birth or potentially if I'm supporting a mom who is pregnant, I have some information about doula services and potentially seeing that what the benefit is of that. And on the horizon, like many people have reached out to me, which is amazing, honestly, about two of them that come to mind that that will be coming up is how to incorporate exercise into motherhood and another podcast, another uh, guest about embedding healthy eating, which is like the source of stress for so many, so many moms of younger children in particular, but all within the context that these are all moms of color who are talking about it. And so they get some of the nuances and they get that we're busy. They get that there's a lot on our plate. And I think, you know, I haven't said it, but I think one of the most important things is that we just do, we have to do so much more, whether it be, you mentioned on an old podcast episode, the talk and like having to prepare your kids. Yesterday, I actually had a conversation with my seven and four-year-old about Jim Crow and blackface. And these these are things that we talk about because I know that 
they need to be prepared and need to understand the realities. And this may not happen in a, in a, in a white home. Um, and so thinking about the added things that we have to do in our motherhood that other moms don't have to do, it's hard. It's hard not to be, not to be a super mom, but I think at least the podcast I hope is giving people some skills in terms of how to unlearn some of that. <laughs> which I think, which I think is amazing because I mean, I can think about, you know, even just a few years ago with my, when my kids were in high school, my, my youngest one is still in high school. And then just hoping, you know, just addressing, I mean, I talk about race a lot, right? Cause I think, Race is, is such a pinnacle intersection for families of color um, in the sense of in terms of identity and then just even how, how that's all constructed, right? And then you can layer on gender, sexuality, sexual orientation, yeah. um, age. I mean, you layer all these, but then when you talk about racism, you talk about, you know, those are really some hard conversations and things you sort of have to kind of address. But, but long-winded way of just saying that, you know, I, I've had to have those conversations as, you know, as issues that come up um, with incidents at school, especially racist incidents, right? And then you go in, try not to be coming across as the angry black mom and trying to sit there and listen and not, and not have someone perceive you. I mean, I, and I also have, I have the, the additional issue too that, you know, the people who talk, who look at me may not even think I am black, right? Mm. But, I, but they know I have black sons. So I'm still, I'm, I still bring that to the table and then just kind of having to deconstruct all that. But again, I think it's true, right? It's what you're taught. It's what you're sort of conditioned to do. You know, like you want to make sure that your kids are protected. You know, there are these fears that you may have about your, about your kids. You want to overprotect them in some ways. And so, so I think, I think you're doing a great job, especially starting with, moms with younger kids, but I think it's applicable even with older kids as well. And that's why I think that the universe, universality of your podcast, I think is, is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. But I did want to um, also talk a little bit about some of the other work that I think is, I don't know if it's, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if it's spun off from the super mom or it's sort of an offshoot of your other your other project, the Omolara MD Health Solutions, in terms of the um, the coaching yeah. that you offer for for moms. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about about that work and how it ties, just an extension of what you're doing with the podcast. And we started the conversation about kind of understanding the limits of the the office, and that what I noticed for me was that I went into pediatrics because I loved kids. And was pleasantly surprised to understand that I was going to spend a lot of time talking to moms. What I found was that I just have this passion for talking to moms to the point of really thinking about the fact that some of our pediatric visits, most of most kids are pretty well, would end up going long because it was just talking through certain issues with, with moms that had nothing to do with the child, but ultimately would have something to do with the, the child, whether it be relationship issues, whether it be financial strain. And I realized that the pediatric visit wasn't the outlet that was going to let me delve into that in the way that, you know, having worked with moms, thousands of moms over 15 years that I've been a pediatrician and having worked in outside of this country, but in Africa as well, I think 
that it was just a necessary transition um, for me to be able to open up this door. And the, the leave was a seminal point for me to be able to think through that. And so um, I have a, so the coaching program is called Supermom Rehab Sisters, and it's basically a membership program. And it's really focused on exhausted and burned out <laughs> working professional moms of color, particularly because I found in my experience that is kind of the high-risk group. And it actually, we, what we've been able to assemble is not only a work of action steps, which include reflection work, which include work around creating an individual development plan, being able to um, figure out who your tribe is, how to delegate, how to say no, those kind of skills. Um, but we also have guest experts who talk about financial coaching or life coaching. And then we offer kind of this longitudinal connection with moms where we're able to tap in like every week with group coaching where moms can connect with each other, but also connect with the, with the actual work that they need to do and where they're at and what are the steps that they need to make. So I think for me, it's been really eye-opening to know that one, one, that there are moms who are really interested in trying to, um, do the work. There's a lot of work in this to do to to get themselves to a better place. But the the part that is frustrating, of course, is the fact that most of the moms who enter in are burnt out. <laughs> like kind of yeah. have hit that point. So it's trying to think about how can we see the light, you know, <laughs> at the end of the tunnel before we get there and and understand that we're on a path that is not that you you know is headed for self-destruction. And try to get, you know, try to intervene and get that support. I think the biggest thing that has been exciting is, you know, building not, there's a Facebook group that's a private group for this, but I have a, a Facebook group that's just open um, and seeing how moms, I just opened it because I was like, we need a space, a safe space for black moms. And we just need a safe space to be able to talk about issues, but particularly um, to be able to understand kind of, to, to understand how to be vulnerable, how to ask questions, not to feel like you're going to be judged. And that was part of the ground rules. And I love, I think I felt, oh, maybe because I'm a pediatrician, maybe I'm going to have to like be called upon to answer questions. And the way that moms have supported other moms and answered questions, that was just more support for for this program. It said that not only is the professional support really helpful, but that peer community and peer support that a lot of moms uh, don't get, they're in isolation a lot, was, is, is really extremely useful. And so that, that's kind of the program. And, it's, and it's, I've found it to be um, exciting. You've done, done a lot of great work as well regarding um, immigrant health issues. And I'll have to have you on yeah. again to kind of talk about <laughs> Talk about that other role. I'm really grateful for spaces like this. Uh, and, you know, I just wanted to kind of look at, to, to tell you on air about kind of how much of inspiration you are, like, to actually create a platform that is, that, that, that's saying the things that, you know, often, honestly, our, you know, pediatrics has not really touched, like, you know, and really kind of saying, look, there needs to be something that touches 
children of color, and there needs to be something that, that touches those families and lets them know that their concerns are valid and, and what they're going through are really important things that are meant to be discussed and not to be just pushed to the side. So I am, I am honored to be on your podcast, honestly. Oh, and I am really, yeah, I'm really amazed at the work that you're doing. So I am I'm truly appreciative. And in any way, if this you know, it's helpful for your audience. I'm I'm really grateful that I have the opportunity. Thanks for joining us this week on What is Black podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And for more information about the podcast, our blogs, and subscribe to our upcoming newsletter, go to our website at whatisblack.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. And don't forget to leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. Until next time, thank you for listening.